Good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Blacks Furnace with me, Roberts. With me, Pete. Man like Mo, out here. And today we're by the riverside. <laughs> See what I did? <laughs> what? <laughs> right, well it done. took me a minute there to clock that. It took me a minute to well clock that. Well done. You know, as, as much as I like to have fun, we are on limited time today. So we need to make sure this is succinct to the point. Not delayed. No extra words okay. needed. Okay. <laughs> right. Well done. Well done. <laughs> All right, cool. Sorry, not sorry. I think Peter's on the hot seat this week. Who's on the yes. hot seat? I think Who? It's Peter, you. You, oh. Peter. Oh, snap. Okay, cool. Let's go. Oh, cool. Interesting. Can I go first? Yikes. Yeah, you can go yeah, first. Cool. All right, Moses. I said Moses. I met Peter. <laughs> um, so, as Christians... Should we be back in Israel in their water having with the Palestinians? Oh, as Christians, I think it's fair to be biased. No, not fair to be biased. It's justifiable to be biased because they aren't. I don't think they should be cast away. Um, so I, 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 I don't know if I would say backing. I'd say we should be more concerned in the same way if you saw your older brother or your younger brother in your case doing something wrong it doesn't necessarily mean that you you know you claim that he's he's right just because he's your brother but it does mean that you are a bit more vested in him getting it right if that makes sense and so i, I wouldn't but say backing we, just blindly so but 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 then shouldn't we also be concerned with with the palestinians because they are potential brothers as well yeah, but not in the same way. I mean, when it comes down to it, Israel is significant for Christians because they are God's chosen people. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they are better than anyone else because the whole point of God picking them was to display himself to the nations and bring them to him. But it does mean that, especially as Christians having come from that, being grafted to that vine, they have significance to us. Um, and so yeah, we and that's why I, I didn't. That's why I said I said we shouldn't necessarily be backing them and saying everything that they're doing is right. We can call out wrong, and if the media is being truthful in their presentation of what's going on, then no, they're doing the wrong thing, and and we should you know we should be praying for them to get it right. Maybe we 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 could even consider it that we're you know we're in a slightly better position that it's God's people that it's a nation that has been selected by God and thus if we pray we know that well they actually have a relationship with God and that prayer can be maybe fulfilled easier I don't know. But what I'm saying is we're not just backing them blindly and saying no they're always right. We can call out them being wrong. Again, I caveat it with it being if the media is presenting things truthfully because I don't know if it is um, but like you would a brother like you would a family member that's doing something wrong I think we should be particularly more vested in praying for um, what's going on there praying for Israel praying that they are, get it right that they stop if they are the oppressor um, and that if they are being oppressed, that God delivers them. And in doing that, you know, you're praying for the Palestinians as well, because in, injustice anywhere is, is always going to be a problem. And so you're praying for the victims, you're praying for Israel to get it right. Um, in, in answering your question, I don't think we should back them, I think we should pray for them. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Moses, you seem to have okay. contrary thoughts. Yeah, it's because it's almost like um, I agree in terms of praying for them and I agree in terms of um, being concerned in terms of um, by virtue of our relationship. I'm also wondering if there's a, if there's room. Now, I haven't been following it as I ought to have been but um, 
if there's room for actually being like, no, you messed up. Um, if there is room for that. Um, I know, but that, that's exactly what I was saying with, as you would with a brother. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not saying you didn't mess up. It's just, it's what I, what I was saying to not do in terms of Robert was to not just blindly say they're right. Yes, or to you not did blindly say that. Back you them. did say that. You did but say there that. is room to there's correct. Room for there's correction room to, if, if yeah, call out. Because I, yeah. I find that sometimes with with certain Christians or certain groups, there's this sense of um, do not touch the Lord's anointed. Like they could be doing a madness, and that wasn't a shot. But like, do not touch the Lord's anointed. They could be doing a madness, but don't, don't say anything to them. Um, mm. They can do no wrong. But it's actually like, nah. If if you genuinely love them, then you should be in a space where you can actually call them out on their wrongs and stuff, in a way that is edifying, as opposed to just trying to tear them down. Um, mm. And I would hope that, like, even if I was in that position, that someone would do that for me, or be like, actually, nah, you were you were wrong. And I'd pray that I'll be I'll be in a space where I'll be like, actually, all right, I hear what you're saying. Um, so yeah, I think I think I'm, I'm happy with that having hashed that out. Okay, so follow up question. Mm. Um, I think about Saul. I think about David. I think about what's his name. I think about Moses. You know, um, so in in the sense of, is there such a thing as once chosen, always chosen? So you yeah. see how, like, oh, Saul lost his with... kingdom, David exactly. lost his son, and Moses didn't make it to the promised land. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, that's what I meant. So they were chosen and had God's um, covering over God them. Leave them. Yeah. So, well, we, so, 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 so with Israel, they had yeah. God's covering, but now do they still have God's covering? Now, well, because now that Jesus Israel's... has come and yeah. Well, is Israel's sort of post history is documented um, in the Bible, so we know that there will come another, this is subject to debates and all of that, but we know that there will come another two prophets after the fact and they will come for, say, the Jews and the um, 144,000 or something along those lines. Um, but the other thing as well is with Israel, God's always giving room for repentance and coming back, which is the case with everyone, really. And so where I think, yeah, I hear what you're saying in terms of these people that, were promised and you know maybe didn't get the full reward Israel's the same when they turn away from the Lord they get you know they get beaten up by all their enemies and then when they cry out to him you know he sends a judge or he sends and that's what they're expecting with the Messiah that's what they're still expecting with the Messiah who I think they will get in the second coming of um of Christ um so if they don't believe in Jesus now, hmm. does that mean that they can still cry out to God and He hear them? If 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 you if you if you can only pray to God through Jesus and they don't believe in Jesus. So so the other thing I was going to say was that the promise that God gave to Abraham's seed was apart from Abraham's. Um, he didn't have to do anything. The promise was made almost entirely based on God, and so we see that sort of blessing stay with israel for or from from day in day out regardless of whether or not they've been good or bad so i think that protection those blessings still stay with regards to your question um if they will believe if they can believe if they can pray to god outside of jesus christ i think they still can because up until jesus they they had a means of speaking to god i think once Jesus has come and he's torn the veil, it's like you have access to a room, um, but you refuse to open the door. So they still are, you know, I, I think, and then because their their history is still documented or their future is still documented in the Bible and God isn't done with them, I still think that they they have relationship with God, whether or not if, you know, they die now, will they go to heaven? I don't think so, because Christ is the only way to get there. He said he's the only way to get there. Um, But I think that they still have access because they still speak to Jehovah. They still, you know, they still have access to Yah, access in a certain way, because after 70 AD, my my answer is all over the place, by the way, sorry. After 70 AD, when they 
destroy the temple and they didn't have anywhere to sacrifice. They literally rewrote the laws of Judaism so that they could still remain observing some of these things and still be religious, um, but not observing the full rules. And so I, I, I still think, you know, they still they still have some relationship with God. And I, still, I think God isn't done with them. Um, but I think it will ultimately come through when they recognize that Jesus was the person that they've been expecting, you know, then they have opportunity to to come to him that way. Um, and I think that they will eventually. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, apologies for the longness of the answers all over the place, but yeah. Okay. yeah. Moses? So my question for Peter, um, so my question is, in it's, it's almost like you see with um, name drop Jahazel with his. Um, you see the XL with <laughs> Jahazel. We heard it. We heard it. But the, intentional. The departure from faith, um, yeah. and how impactful it was. When seeing something similar happen in some somewhere else, um, how would you how would you like what advice would you give Christians who are witnessing something like that happening somewhere else? Over not somewhere else, but over another person. I mean, honestly, my answer will be a bit hypocritical because thus far, my response to things like that have always been two things. Reminding myself that I'm not above it. And so praying and and like checking my heart and asking God to keep me and then unfollowing the person, which is maybe not the best. I don't think it's the best. I, I, yeah, I put that out there to be completely clear whatever i'm going to say next i don't necessarily do i'm praying that i get there but i'm not there yet but ideally i guess your relationship with the person if if you have a personal relationship with a person mm-hmm. will be such that you will you will be able to speak to the person without it seeming um uh without without it seeming this in in, in genuine is that the word this is this genuine I'm genuine, this in genuine. genuine. Sorry? This genuine. So, this genuine. Yeah. So, you, you'll be, because you'll be, you know, in relationship, in fellowship, in doing life with a person anyway, like, if if it was, if I was going through it, and then you guys spoke to me about it, it wouldn't feel out of place, because we've been speaking, you know, on a regular, yeah. anyway. Um, unfortunately, what tends to happen is, this happens, and then everyone wants to sort of jump in, and, and, mm reach out and it's like well you guys haven't been there because normally it's not just a one-time thing it's not like i wake up today and i'm like i'm done with christianity more often than not it's been a series of things it's been a gradual process to this place and now that i'm here you want to come so it gets difficult and so ideally such people you would have been there from the beginning maybe seen the the seeds start being planted and and hopefully be able to uh, war with it and, and engage with it from early so if they get to the point where they're declaring I'm no longer a Christian and you yeah. reach out it's not out of the blue however where unfortunately most of the time that's not the case and people are okay until we realise they're not um, I I think if God leads you to reach out and say something and maybe have a prophetic word perfectly, perfect, you know, do that otherwise I, I really I think it's just prayer. I think it's just prayer and yeah, maybe maybe reaching out where you can, but I, I just I think it's just prayer. And like I said, for me, I'm not even at that point yet. It's so I don't know, it, it hits me so hard, especially when they are people that maybe I think are more advanced more more mature in their Christianity, falling away. Mm. It hits me really hard and I'm just like I don't want to I don't even want to see it. And so I just unfollow and just like 
you know, I'll, I'll pray for you, for my father. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And more yeah. often than not, I don't have anything. I don't have regular interactions with them anyway. And so it's just like, okay, you know, I'm following you. Probably won't even notice I am followed and stuff like that. But it's just like, yeah, that's that's me. Honestly, probably not the best, not the best way to do it. I don't think. But that's where I am now. Yeah, no, that's helpful mm. because it's it's a case in which that is that is a situation. Yeah. And like being honest, I I've had a conversation with this person, which I thought went well. There were mm. a few red flags in that conversation, but as a whole, I thought the conversation went well. And now it's just is a madness. Yeah. Um and it very much seems very much centered around a logical argument. And Mm. and not necessarily saying like logic and rationale don't feature in Christianity, because it does. Um, But it's one of those super intellectuals who are just like, I'm trying to to really wrestle intellectually with God. And I'm really reminded of the gospel being a stumbling block to the Jews and, and foolishness to the Gentiles, speaking to those who seek earthly wisdom. And a sense of wisdom that appeals to the flesh will always see the, the cross as being foolishness. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I don't, I don't want to be one of those. I don't want to fall into the number of Christians who have tried to almost reconvert him back mm. um, through different conversations and like potentially have pushed him more so into the space that he's actually in and he's currently in and stuff and it's just it's just interesting navigating that and just being like all right what yeah and i find myself really listening to what yeah so it's, it's interesting it's interesting but i think yeah because yeah speaking of that i i know who you're talking about and i literally unfollowed him this afternoon and um, you know what? I have been toying. I have been toying with that. Yeah. I'm just like, I, yeah. yeah. The 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 issue, not not the issue, but more often than not as well, because I, I saw a post and apparently his church. There's a scandal that came out about his yeah. church as well, and so yeah. it you know it almost like okay, hmm. so you know what what sort of feeling was going on, but you yeah. can't you know you can't blame anything, but it's. These these logical arguments normally often center around the morality of things and, and mm-hmm. challenging the idea that a superior being can define morality. Um, and it often says, you know, sort of intellectual pursuits of understanding this are frowned upon by the Bible, which is not. Taste and see. God invites you to, like, sort of actually think about it and wrestle about it and as long as you're coming to him more often than not you'll be fine but where you place yourself as the source or you place yourself as the authority then there'll be conflicts and it's yeah. it's never ever been or i've never heard someone go like oh i don't believe that god would create humanity or, or that argument if that makes sense yeah um because that argument the one that science provides is ridiculous that there was nothing and then it explodes and Christianity actually presents a better explanation that no, there was a designer who designed it and did it in this way that your science has been able to decipher yeah. and, and everything. But yeah, no, I, I I'm not good in that area. That's it's a struggle for me as well. Um, I also think you're probably better like, than I am there. Sorry, I was just gonna, I was gonna say I also think there's like a a bit of an arrogance and a dissonance. There is, yeah, with with thinking that you can intellectualize with someone who you think is superior to you mm. um yeah so it sounds like a bit of lack of humility in, in that department yeah uh, but yeah um to me like well, as you were talking like the verse that came to mind was when paul was saying to um to wives or husbands don't don't divorce your unbelieving partner because maybe through them you might be saved so um if there's a person who you interact with on a basis, just just do you, and maybe maybe by doing you, they'll see God in you, and then something, and then will be changed. Um, um, if not, 
um, just go as led. Mm. If God's telling you to, to like stay close, stay close. If God's if you if God hasn't said it, then yeah, that's the better answer than I gave. I think that's that's a much better approach. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm I'm so tempted to unfollow as well. I'm so tempted to unfollow. Um, but I, I don't know. There's an investment to almost be like I'm. I'm always. I'm genuinely curious as to what will cause this person, what will cause someone to move. And it's not necessarily saying um, your arguments are inconsistent or anything like that, but it's just like I, I genuinely want to understand this person's perspective. But mm-hmm. I recognise that in trying to understand this person's perspective, it does come with a, a not a risk, but it does come with a certain impact on me. Whether the impact is me just being frustrated at his posts or me being sad or me being whatever, there is an emotional toil with me engaging in this. And it's, it's really wondering if, if this is my burden to carry. Mm. I think as Christians, like when dealing with non-believers and stuff, we have to remember that it's a lot harder for us to pull someone up and a lot easier for, for them to pull, them, to pull us down, down to their level. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Gotta make sure you've been doing those reps or just make sure God's got a hold of you so that he'll pull you up yeah um, so yeah yeah it's interesting just modeling on that but yeah, yeah. what we saying for today yeah mm. well and, and also maybe don't like unfriend him maybe just block him for a little bit and then unblock him when you feel ready to yeah maybe you know what it's, it's, it's a Facebook friend thing yeah I don't even know if I should have jotted that. So it wouldn't be a case of unfriending and refriending. Because as soon as I, like, sever the connection, I don't know his name like that to be able to go search for him again. <laughs> like, thing done. I'm not, we're not going to be brethren on Facebook anymore. But I know that that's, that's neither going to be here nor there for him. I'm not so much concerned about dropping the context on here, but it's, it's more so him assuming that, Christians are talking about him behind his back or anything. I'm asking this question more so for how should Christians respond to this, as opposed to what look at what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, let's move on to the topic for today. It's a bit of a light one today. I don't know why. Um, I was watching a video on YouTube the other day, and it was talking about um, the friend zone. And, and, and like how, how guys find themselves in the friend zone and stuff. And then I was just thinking about it. And then like I was thinking about like you guys and your relationships and how you went from like friendship to marriage. And like you guys were kind of in the friend zone before you moved into your relationships. No. Yes. <laughs> I was clear with my intentions. From the very, very beginning. No, I wasn't. No. There you go. Look at, look at this guy. <laughs> And I, and, I, and I was thinking two things. One, as Chris, uh, for, uh, when it comes to Christian dating, one, it's not necessarily a bad thing to start off in the friend zone, especially like within that context of like church stuff. Two, should churches be doing more to equip men to know how to approach women and court properly? Those are my two questions. So, so I, so I don't know if you're gonna say something more. Um, no, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you start with this one still. So I, I've been part of two churches that <laughs> that names both of them because <laughs> I've only had two former churches. But anyway, they both had very, very different approaches to the whole um, teaching men to court women sort of thing. Um, on the one side, it was. You know, if you're if you're if you're interested, no, actually, that's not true. So in in my old old church, Pentecost, Church of Pentecost, they were they were, you know, they were they never really broached the topic um, directly. Like actually, you know, moving from wife, moving from friends to boyfriend, we, we've had conversations. I've had conversations with some with some of like the youth, um, with some of the elders, and we would have those conversations, and they would tell us from their point of view, you know. And what what I took from them was always their safety, 
in being friends and sort of being getting to know each other in the safety of a friend group and then if you are interested pray about it and then make your intentions known was the was the advice i was given in the last church i was part of um mustard seed which is uh, uh what is it called their head is um bishop dag Hewitt mills oh it's uh, his birthday today happy birthday to, to pastor dag <laughs> I don't know him, so I don't care about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Facts. in Facts. his church, in his church, um, he was yeah. So he, they are very much like they they want they they're very disillusioned about you know young people being in holy friendships and all of that, and they're like, nah, if it's this person, you're the the word that they use the most, beloved. Like that word just gets thrown around. Is this person your beloved? And then the you know the the pastor in your church wants to know. They want to be involved. They want to you know almost like not police it, but they they have oversight over the relationships and they encourage that and and they're very transparent about things, which is good. Um, maybe even a bit too much. Um, that's a bad approach. Well, no. So this is the thing is, I. I think I don't know if there's a if there's a perfect approach that applies to everyone. I I appreciate the safety of being in a friend group, especially when you're younger, and sort of not being too quick to give your heart away and 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 to get yourself into like these very exclusive relationships when you are 13, 14, 15 and you don't really know who you are, who you are if that makes sense, let alone mm. who you're going to be in attachment to another person. And so just being friends and, and like getting to know one another that way and growing up and, and, you know, just getting to know people in the safety of being a friend group and then seeing someone that you like more than just a physical attraction and then making your intentions known. I, I, I think that's, I'm comfortable with that, but that might very well be because that was where I was brought up. Mm. The The whole... The church being transparent about it, being willing to talk about sexual issues, being clear and and, and like almost um, understanding that yeah, young people are going to try to do this anyway, so let's let them do it in a in a slightly more controlled environment. I think that works too for the right group of people, if that makes sense. I'm, it's not where I'm most comfortable because I wasn't brought up like that, but having been part of the church and seeing how they do it you know more often than not it's like oh this is my beloved and then before you know it they're getting married and you know it's it's worked out it's worked out for those people as well so i think it's i think there's safety and there's wisdom in both approaches um but i know which one i'm more comfortable with moses i think it's i don't know so i didn't grow up in the church and when I came to church, the first thing that I was exposed to is just the the don'ts of dating, mm. not necessarily the do's. So it's very much don't do this, don't do that. This is what godliness looks like within a, a dating context, blah, blah, blah. This now, which, which isn't, isn't necessarily bad or wrong. Um, but the human, the human brain is almost wired that if you were to phrase things, do not do this, that's that's what you want to do. Um, so do not have sex. Well, hey, have sex. Um, so yeah, it's I find it difficult, but at the same time, I'm like, the young people learn about relationships in the world much earlier than the church is willing to talk to them about relationships. And so we're, we're almost doing them a disservice by that. Um, so, yeah, it's... Sorry, what, what was the, the question again? Um, first question was, um, is... Is the friend zone... Yeah. Is the friend zone... Like a benefit to Christians in that transition from friends to relationships? Oh, um, I, then, yeah, I think in, in terms of that, I would, I would say 100% yes, um, because that's how my relationship with Amelia started. Like, we were friends. It wasn't necessarily that I was friend-zoned or she was friend-zoned, but we were very good friends for a good few years before we transitioned into, into a couple. 
or at least like dating and stuff. And whilst whilst we were transitioning, we made it clear, spoke to parents, blah blah blah, made our intentions clear and stuff. And so I I do think that um, being friends with the person that you you seek to to settle down with is actually very good. Um, I would I would definitely encourage it to have actually known this person outside of the context of dating to just kind of see this person's personality and character. Um, otherwise, for the most part that I have seen, when I have started a relationship or when I have seen other people start relationships with people before they were friends, for the most part, they were attracted by, like, it was a physical attraction that sparked that relationship. And then a friendship or whatever sort of nature of relationship they had was formed around that. Some people may say love at first sight, whatever, but it's like you saw this person, there was some sort of there was some sort of attraction. And in my experience, every relationship that I started like that has only gone down one way, and after that happened, relationship went downhill. Um, but in a relationship that's, that was founded on friendship, like genuinely getting to know one another and stuff like that, that I'm, I'm still married by the grace of God. Would you say that? Would you say that the friend route has a hundred percent success rate? No, no. Um, because some of the friends that I ended like there was one girl, as I was saying, there was one girl that I ended up dating, but I had known her for a couple of years. And I'd known her more so in passing as opposed to a friend. Um, that relationship was an absolute train wreck. But um, we were quote unquote friends or at least acquaintances before we transitioned into it. Like, I didn't take her seriously until we started dating. And I know that likewise was the same on her part. But in terms of genuine friendships with my wife then yes like that is it but i don't think genuine friendships guarantee a successful relationship yeah. it just means you know the person you're getting into a relationship a bit more than if it was just someone you, you moved to on the street yeah i think there is something to just because someone makes a good friend to you doesn't mean that they'll make a good partner for you facts <laughs> Uh, um, so at what age do you think that the church should be talking to kids slash teenagers about relationships and stuff and should it be part of the main service or should it be like part of children's church or youth stuff I think I think in whatever forum is comfortable and, and, and will will facilitate a, a real conversation. So well, yeah, I think there should be conversations at the church level, at, at the you know main congregation level. There should be conversations at the youth meeting level. There should be conversations at the children's level, especially if they're gonna start learning about these things in school. Like anything if if they're if you're gonna start teaching reproductive health, um if if you're gonna start having kids um come to school who's got two dads and two moms and stuff like that i think all of those things should be spoken about should be they should start addressing them in church and in 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 christian conversation before they you know they they're exposed to it in the world because the world's not going to present a godly representation of what any of those things are, are yeah. going to be um and so i think and it's not just down to the church as well i think it's down to the christian families and christian parents to also be um presenting those conversations and, and ideas to their kids but no definitely i think as early as possible in whatever forum facilitates meaningful conversation yeah i think i agree with that um yeah definitely Definitely, I think there should be definitely have a lot, a definite heavy emphasis on parents as well, um, mm. because you know, um, church, 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 church is not your babysitter. <laughs> no, even though no. school Sunday school doesn't mean that. Yeah, so the how your well, home should be like, yeah, you know, but the first place of learning. I, I think that also betrays 
an area which the church isn't functioning as the church should because church isn't supposed to be just on the Sunday and Sunday school or on the Wednesday prayer meeting. Church should be doing life together. And so they broke bread in each other's houses daily and did life with each other on a daily basis. So I think it should it should permeate um, the everyday life uh, of, mm. of the members in a much more significant way than maybe it currently does. Uh-oh. Definitely. Um, question How would you say your friendship with your wives has changed? Um, let's say <laughs> in marriage versus like today. Well, we're smashing now, so <laughs> <laughs> friends hey. with benefits, yeah. <laughs> hey. I think you know, it's the friendship is the foundation, but. Um, there's there's more to it now. We're, we're just your friends, not we're ju- not just your friends. But... His whole chest was smashing now. Yeah, because yeah, she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where she was. She's gone upstairs, so I can talk. I'm talking reckless. Um, but no, I think there's 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 so much more to it now. You're not just friends. Your partners, your parents, your you know, in debt together, or you're, you know, you're trying to get a mortgage together, or well, mortgage is debt, so yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's different. Uh, it's definitely different. Um, there's just so much more to it than just being friends now. Um, yeah. So, what does friendship look like in marriage? Then, would you say? Uh, the same way it looks before. It's, it's, it's busting jokes. It's, you know, um, it's. <laughs> That's not all your bosses, but yeah. Hey, <laughs> smash bros are full of victims. <laughs> yeah, um, it's 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 that it's it's it, you know it's conversation about work. It's conversation about um, fears and and worries and, and concerns and joys and it's planning holidays. It's planning life um, around each other. Um, but in addition to that, as I said, it's. It's looking at the, the the monthly bills, and it's looking at you know the the job situation and things where maybe not just friends or just friends aren't concerned about you know as much. Yeah, yeah, I'm concerned if my friend's broken and you know stuff like that, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. And in a marriage, yeah, we're friends, but also you being broke means I'm broke, sort of thing. Facts. So. And that that's where it differs. Is you got to credit accounts. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for you, Moses, I think um, I think the friendship still remains, and I think the friend, as Peter was saying, the friendship is the foundation of the relationship. Where there's, it's, it's like there's a there's a connectivity that we have that far transcends just the physicality and because we've been friends for such a time it it gives a depth to the relationship where hopefully we genuinely know one another and there's that investment to know one another where it's like I knew you as a friend before I knew you as a partner and even as we grow in our marriage I would love to to keep on discovering you as an individual. There's there's a sad statistic where I don't know the actual statistic, but there's a sad fact that for some couples, when their children leave home, the relationship starts to break down mm. um, because the relationship has been very much built around the children, around their roles and responsibility as as parents, as opposed to husband and wife, without recognizing that. Being a husband and wife is essentially the foundation of of the household of of, of like the marriage and the parenting and stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the the realities of oh, we've got a mortgage to pay, we've got this to do, the kids need to be here, like nursery runs, school runs, football matches, blah blah blah. That then kind of takes over everything, and the relationship between husband and wife starts to deteriorate or gets gets neglected. 
but with that sense of like we're gen we're friends and we're partners and we want to invest in this it, hopefully that helps keeps things alive um and yeah so i think that there's a ho- there's a sense of it being wholesome when the friendship still remains and you guys are able to to genuinely be invested in one another and to be able to say like i i do care I am invested about this person, even beyond her just being my wife or him being my husband. But as a person, there is that there is that investment in that care. It's like simple things like cheering on your friends, and then your husband, your partner's doing something, and it's just being there cheerleader. Some people, I'm, I'm the husband, so I'm going to be a biggest cheerleader. But no, like we cheer our friends as well, and still just kind of building that. So yeah, I think I think it definitely retains like a wholesome element. Um, to it but I think in saying that a marriage is more than a friendship but the relationship almost folds in the friendship and so for some people they almost drift and feel like we're more friends than lovers or whatever like I've heard those statements before Um, that's when you get friends in the marriage mud Um, (laughs) but it's it's, it's like doing those things to keep the spark alive, but still retaining that initial relationship that you had in terms of just being able to sit down and have a silly conversation. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, where it's just like, just friends. I, I think there's also, um, there's also elements of the friendship that will have to change um, in, mm. in a marriage. And so, you know, Anita and I were like friends for four years before we got married. Well, I say friends, we're dating for like three years before we got married. Um, but in the time and while I was dating and while I was just like friends, um, the, the things that I didn't like talking, not I didn't like talking about, I just didn't talk about um, and then never brought up that, being married i have to bring up because we you know there's there's um it affects her a lot more than it did when we're just dating because when we're dating i can go home and you know i can go and sleep and if there's something on my mind i can deal with it you know as i as i'll deal with it but when we're married well i can't go anywhere else because i live here and so even though maybe i don't talk about the things that bother me um I have to let her know of those things because now my life affects her and as much as hers affects mine. So there are elements of the friendship that will change um, post-marriage as well or that don't get carried across into into marriage. Cool. Now, let's round up there because it's getting late. (laughs) Yeah. I think that'll be a nice place to round up. Um, Yeah, cool. Guys, just remember to be friends, and then friendship will lead to marriage, hopefully. And if not, at least you can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hookups, hookups, hookups. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. I bet it's going to My hookup is. No, I'm not, because I know your hookup, and because I'm the bigger person, I won't. Good boy. How about that? Good boy. Just for that, my hookup is J. Cole's new album. <laughs> <laughs> The off season, which comes in both explicit and clean versions. First album in like three years, I think it is. So my what's, hookup, what's the fascination with hook um, with J Cole? Sorry, sorry, um, uh, but what 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 is the fascination with J Cole? He's a good rapper, but he's different as well. Yeah. In what sense? Listen to his music he, and you find out. How about he's him? like the he's like the John the Baptist of of rap. Whoa, how whoa, dare you? How whoa, dare you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> hey, this is where I backtrack. He is. I don't know about all that. He's the herald for 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 for, for, for the greatness that is to come. In who in, who is the greatness rap. that is to come? We don't know yet. But when he comes, it'll be because of it'll be because of J Cole that he comes. <laughs> Tell you, bro. Tell you. And this is why we don't give you theological questions. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, bro, bro? You say that now, bro. Remember, I said it. Remember, I said it. So I I listened to sorry sorry Mark I know I gave you your, your hookup. <laughs> I listened to the interlude. 
And the only reason I appreciate it was because of how he was riding the beat with his flow and with his cadence. And I've said on the podcast before, when I listen to hip-hop, secular hip-hop, it's entirely for the artistic endeavour. And so I I liked his rhyme schemes. I liked his cadence on there. But it was like, you know, he's good. Obviously, he's good. He's definitely good. He's not one of these mumble rappers. It was just when, when, when I listen to Eminem, and Eminem is like outside of the stratosphere, and I listen to J. Cole. I'm like, okay, it, he's good. He's really good. But it's not it's not mind-blowing, if that makes sense. And I so that's what J- I was asking. I, I think with J. Cole, it's that it's his one, his lyrical ability, and two, he's he comes across as, as, as very genuine. Mm. Very in, human. In like his uh, and stuff. And like if you just look yeah. at him as, as, as like a person, he's mm. he's just like a genuine person. Like he, he's not one of these people that's made the money like really changed who he is mm. like mm. like the like the money came and it, it, it kind of just like enhanced his better qualities should i say mm. Mm. that's fair that's fair yeah. not like like with with j cole um the money did initially change it where he was okay. saying he wanted the change he wanted this and then he realized that like that doesn't bring happiness and so there are even interviews where he's like i had the money i had these things but i didn't bring happiness mm. um and the happiness is is with like is found in relationships and like these right. things and so even in the messages that he's bringing it in the like outside of christianity he's very much just so one of the tracks he's like all of you guys are coming onto your tracks and lying that you've got all of these things. Just say the truth. You're a broke rapper. Maybe we might vibes with you even more if we recognize mm-hmm. that you're a broke rapper. And it's like, I was a broke rapper up in 08. And so mm-hmm. there's this level of like just genuineness and honesty in what he does um, and an openness. Yeah. I think I literally just realized why I don't care too much. It's because the um, he would, I guess he falls into the conscious sort of rap am i right in saying that kind of yeah kind of like it's not it's not just it's not just money females female dogs yeah. and stuff like that it's genuine stuff maybe that people are going through real real stuff yeah but my issue is the conscious stuff is close enough to what i get from like christian hip-hop but just lacking because it's not rooted in god and so i don't care if that makes sense whereas eminem is on the other side <laughs> eminem is on the devil's side like, I, 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 ain't, I ain't trying to get no eminem. i'm just trying to hear you know what bar. i'm like, just trying also, to hear bars and wordplay and, and and cadence and stuff yeah also i think like to, to um to like truly appreciate joe cole you have would have had to like be along with him on his journey because mm. it's, it's very it's very much like an anime character arc okay. like he, he like started as, as this like very hungry broke guy but he wanted to be better than jay-z you know mm. um, but he was still humble and still himself and then mm. if like if you watch his journey you, you see him like level up level up level up i'm um, still wanting to be the best still want to be the greatest and uh, I, I feel like he's at a point now where he's just content being himself and yeah. paving the way for those around him to like bring them up as well. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Cold world, baby. What what's the album called? Off season. The off season. Yeah. Go. And do you know what? Yeah, even with Robert. But you know what? Because how's how, bro? I'm talking. (laughs) Oh, sorry. You you take you take you take my hookup, and you're talking over my hookup. I was just about to say. I was just about to say Moses. I'm feeling generous, so you can have that hookup, and I'm going to give another hookup. <laughs> nah, fam, it's cool, it's isn't it? so insulting. It's cool, isn't it? <laughs> I'll give you a hookup, and I'll give another hookup, and you can have the one I gave. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, I was actually banking on this guy taking my hookup, <laughs> but I had another one prepared. Trap card. <laughs> See, man, come like Sherlock Holmes and that man well, inceptioned you, fam. Well, I was banking on you have another hookup. Do I have another hookup? <laughs> <laughs> so, my hookup, as well as J Cole, um, is this is this another album 
from a guy called um, White Lotus, Flying Lotus, Flying Lotus. So he's he's the musical mastermind behind Yas- um, Yasuke's anime. And the music actually bangs. Like, Is it kind of like Samurai Champloo lo-fi yes. style? No, 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 no. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not like, it's not so much so like that. Like, this one is almost like, it's got almost like a childish Gambino sort of vibe to it. Um, but there's, yeah, because um, Samurai Champloo is more lo-fi. This one is more, yeah. it isn't lo-fi. isn't lo-fi at all. Um, but the vibe is still be. right. Um, there's a there's like this is one of the only animes on Netflix that I don't skip the intro and the outros. I'm actually like I like the music. Um, so it's Flying Lotus and the album is called Yasuke. Mm. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, I'm just singing the she can now Uta or something from Samurai Champloo in my head. Mm. Um, my hookup is a movie on Netflix called Red Tails um, And it's, a, it's based on the true story of like an all-black um, pilot uh, Yeah, fighter pilot squad um, Back in the, I think back in World War II um, And yeah, their story, their story is known But yeah, this, this sort of just dramatizes it And I think it's a dope, I think it's a dope movie It's got it's got planes in it and action, which are two things I love. So, yeah, check it out. Red Tails. Yeah. All right, let's round up. Um, shout out to the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the Ordinary Amazing logo. Find us on Twitter at The Furnace UK, Instagram, TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnace.com. I think I said that already. You can find us at forward slash Black Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcast websites and apps, Black is friends with an apostrophe. And that's it. Done off. Cold road, no summer, baby. Hey. Okay. Off season. I, I got a dollar and a dream. That's so bad up here. Banger. Absolute banger. Uh. <laughs>